0: and welcome to the pacific northwest showdown podcast we are your hosts mckayla and kate hey everybody welcome back episode three of season two we had a little uh sneaky episode in there of the uh the mailbag episode which is kind of fun and uh yeah we're back for a kind of regular episode with you guys yeah and so important to note all of the mailbag questions from this week's episode is in its own bonus episode that we have already dropped this week. So definitely go back to your podcast app and yep. search for that episode. We had 13 questions. Well, 13 people asked questions. There was some people asked more than one question, but there were 13 people who asked questions. So we definitely had to make its own episode. It was, it was an it. hour long. It was super cool. Really fun. Definitely go back and listen to that episode as you guys asked some great questions in this week's podcast we are going to be talking with a special guest Mm -hmm. and we'll announce who that is in the next segment the showdown lowdown coming up next it is time for the showdown lowdown showdown lowdown and this is where we do our Seattle sports news and updates for the week. This last week had a lot of great things that happened in Seattle sports, but yeah. there is one thing that we really have to highlight this week, and we're going to take a lot of time here in the showdown lowdown talking about those Seattle Mariners breaking, mm-hmm. ending yep. the playoff drop they had for 21 years. And to talk about this, We are joined by one of our dear friends, former UW quarterback, Jaden Sheffy. Hey, Jaden, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: All right. So Jaden is a huge Seattle Mariners fan. We crossed paths on Twitter. He reached out. We connected. We became pretty solid friends. Anytime anything Seattle Mariners happens, we're texting each other about what's going on in the games. Frustrations, excitement, moments where there's awesome hits or home runs. Maybe Marco Gonzalez gave up a home run and Jaden has some feelings about that. It's his best friend. He loves Marco Gonzalez. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Jaden?
1: Of course, of course.
0: So before we kind of dive into how the Mariners got to this point, and, you know, clinched a spot in the playoffs. We want to show just the moment that got them there. Yeah. And that was Cal Raleigh's, like, walk-off home run in the ninth inning. The count was three and two. So let's just go ahead and watch Under that moment right now. Cal, the pitch from A drive deep to right field, down the line. The
1: Mariners win this game two uh-huh. to one. The, the dream lives. They're going to the it's number over! Two. Cal Raleigh! Wow! Hey now! Hey now! Hey now! Are you kidding me, Cal Raleigh? He gets a slider and hits it off the windows out there. Oh. That
0: Congrats. was just Yeah. What were your feelings, Jaden? Like in that moment, what were your feelings that were going through your mind, your body?
1: Well, first I wish I was there. I was number one. <laughs> I think second, I was trying to keep quiet because I was visiting some friends. I was actually in Boise, visiting some friends in Boise, and everyone was asleep because Boise is an hour ahead. So I was trying to keep quiet. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We always seem to like chaos ball. I think we're going to walk it off. So I actually tweeted before. I was like, we're going to walk it off here in the night. And it's just so funny how it came down to two outs, full count, pinch hitter.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: just looked like the place erupted. So I wish I was there for that.
0: And Cal Raleigh, I mean, that wasn't his first moment where he's done a pinch hit and he came in and hit a home run. Yeah, He's been really clutch for the Mariners this mm-hmm. season. He's developed yeah. really well as a catcher mm-hmm. um, offensively, defensively. He's shown up this season for the Mariners. I mean, so we were also out of town. We yeah. weren't able to be there for that moment. We were in Wiggy yeah. Island. Mm-hmm. And I know that you and I were texting and in yeah. the moment of, oh, my gosh, this happened. And I'm sitting there. We don't have at least we didn't think we had Root Sports. But I'm sitting there just waiting for the live feed updates and trying to yeah. get the videos to download so I can see what happens. And I watch and I just like the tears come and they're happy. They're like happy tears the emotions that you could see and then you start to envision and you start to feel like what would it have felt like to be there to witness that with all those people around you yeah and start to envision like what those emotions are i mean i was i had tears down my face my mascara started running it's true like there were some real things happening for me um feels gorgeous anyway appreciate it (laughs) Kate. Kate, so what was your experience kate because you got to see me have have my feelings but what were your thoughts when you saw that well i mean so i uh so i understand the the, the longevity of t- the length of time everyone's had to go yeah. kind of for this to happen and i think um i think i'm just generally like an optimistic person about stuff like this when it gets to this point and like with last season they were so close it seemed like they made such a comeback at the end of last season. And so this season, I, I didn't want to say anything out loud. Cause Michaela gets mad. If I like say stuff, cause she's mm-hmm. like, you're going to jinx it or you're going to mess it right. up. Or, like, right. Whatever, right. And so, but I feel like in my head, like for a while, I've just been thinking like, well, they're going to make the playoffs. Like they're not going to not make the playoffs at this point. That wouldn't, that wouldn't make any sense. So, um, so I think I just, because I just weirdly thought that already when it was, when it happened, I was like, I was like, yeah, exactly. Like that was totally like yes. Like that's not nice. as surprising to Kate as it was I think sure. I yeah, I don't think it was, but I I think that's only because I already decided it was gonna happen. I didn't know if it was gonna be that game or like a different game, but I just had already figured it was happening. So I wasn't like so blown away. And so seeing Michaela be so excited about it and then like Twitter just like went crazy yeah. and all of that, like so that was pretty cool. And um, you know, and I and I went to Mariner's games like back in the kingdom with like my dad and stuff. And so I remember like, you know, a long time ago how the Mariners were and everything, but you know, in between some of that stuff, I had like a big span of time here where I didn't really pay any attention to sports sure. whatsoever. So I think for the people who have been like Mariners fans yeah. for the whole time, you know, and like, and, and actually follow sports and baseball and stuff, like I can totally understand why it was like so huge. such a big deal. Yeah. That, yeah. And it's, it's been exciting to see how pumped up people are because it is a really big deal. And even if you aren't like a lifelong mirrors fan, or even if you're not much of a baseball fan, even now, like I think people can appreciate how big of a, an occasion this is. That's, that's cool to me, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. I think another thing too, is so I had went to a ton of games with my friends over the season. One Walterius Jones, who I do the YSN podcast with, yeah. And my cousin, Julian, um, my cousin, Julian and I, we went to the Yankees game when it went to 13 innings and we, and Lu- Luis Terence hit the walk-off. Yeah. So went to that game. And then, you know, obviously there was all these like great moments throughout the season up till the brave series when Julio and Suarez hit back-to-back home runs for the walk-off win. And after that game, I was like, it, it can't get any more exciting than this. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no way. like. You can't top both those games no and yeah Cal definitely did so to see all those three games end like that was pretty wild
0: well and that and that that hit Cal's hit i mean like i was watching the you know we're watching the replay of it on like the tiny like phone screen versus like a big tv or something and i'm like trying to watch where that ball goes and i have no idea i'm like what and i'm like i lose it in the mm-hmm. in the tiny screen and so i'm like I'm hoping it goes you know, there and everything. And then yeah. it did. But I was like, I have no idea where that ball is. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming everybody else there knows because they're all excited. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a different feeling. And I'm sure the people that were there in person, like, I'm sure that that was just.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And like just louder than anything I can imagine. Probably.
1: It's just nice to see the stadium like that. With that yeah. environment. Cause I mean, over the years we're so used to empty seats, especially towards mm. the end of the season. Yeah. So people actually, you know, had a reason to come and it was it was excited to see everyone excited. This yeah. is the whole city for that matter.
0: How do you think that you know how how the season ended last year? Right. So if we're saying if we're talking about now like how did we get here? Mm-hmm. How did this yeah. Marriott's team end the drought, how did they make it to the playoffs after 21 years? So how did we get here? the end of last season felt different. Mm -hmm. It felt like the winds were changing. I'm like, is Mary Poppins going to show up and magic's going to happen. The winds were changing.
1: Yeah. End of the season
0: happened and they had sold out crowds. Mm -hmm. Those last few games. Yep. It was Mm -hmm. devastating when they didn't, didn't clinch that wild card spot. Yeah. But the start of the season, Mitch Haniger writes that letter to the fans Mm-hmm. And and it felt the energy and the and people showing up and the fans showing up and the sold out crowds. How much do you think that played a role in how the season went for the Mariners?
1: Yeah, I think it was big because at the end of last year, I mean, we, we finished with ninety wins, but that very last game, that last homestand, obviously Kyle Seeger retired,
0: mm-hmm. so I think
1: that kind of gave like the players a different perspective. You know, losing a big. A guy like that that has a big presence in the locker room or the Mm -hmm. clubhouse, if you will. Um, I think definitely like woke up a few of the players. You see, JP stepped into a big leadership role this year, and Hanniger, him and Hanniger have been there the longest. So Mm. there was definitely, as you said, like the winds kind of changing within the team. And then I think it was on the front office to make some big moves in free agency. I mean, they went out and got Adam Frazier. They went out and got all the players from the Reds. You know, we got everybody. Winker, literally, but we got Winker, Suarez. Um, So they made some big moves to add some more bats uh, to the to the lineup. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with Julio, I mean, where do we start there? He's he's been the energy is just way different when Julio's out there. So there's been a lot of additions to the team, and I think it's obviously paid off as we can see.
0: Yeah. I mean, Robbie Ray, was that Robbie awesome? Robbie Ray, too. Yeah. Was that, that was right before the lockout, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was right before the lockout. They they got Castillo in the midseason.
1: Yeah, Santana was big presence. for veteran presence.
0: Santana, who Julio really, like, connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went and they made these moves and these acquisitions, and they've also locked in. Some of these players long term this season, like huge contract extensions Mm -hmm. for some of these players, which is great because this is a playoff caliber team. They have locked in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, totally. So
0: with that being said, too, let's talk about Julio Rodriguez a little bit. He comes in and seeing them say, like, you're starting on this roster. You have a spot at the beginning of the season. We all noticed, even just in the last few games when he wasn't with us on the team, he was on that 10-day IL stint. Yeah. What does Julio's generational talent and his energy that he brings to the game, What? how much of a difference do you think in terms of wins and losses does Julio make? Does this team without Julio Rodriguez make the playoffs this season?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so because You know, behind Suarez, I think he's second in RBIs Mm -hmm. um, for our team. Um, I think him and France are pretty close. Mm -hmm. But he just adds such a big presence to that lineup. And obviously, you know, we see the energy, the excitement that he brings to the team. And several players have talked about it throughout the season um, in interviews about just what Julio does for the program. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a huge addition uh, to this ball club. I think the re- the reason, I think the real game I experienced, like, okay, Julio's for real, was the Grand Slam against the Rangers. That's when I was like, okay,
0: Ooh, this, yes. guy,
1: this guy, this guy's legit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because obviously the beginning of the season, when we started out, I believe we started out in Minnesota and then went to the White Sox. Like, he was kind of struggling to hit. I think he only had one hit in, like, five or so games. Yeah, I remember on Twitter, everyone was like, oh, we got to – this guy's not ready. I'm like, hold on, he's only 21. Like he just started, and obviously we we all understand the the backstory, you know, his family coming up for the game, yeah, that whole story behind it. Like that's right. a huge adjustment. So to see it from go from that to where it is now, him signing that huge extension and playoffs for the first time in 21 years, like the story couldn't have been written better.
0: It's great. It's a good one. I agree. I just I love. When you see him, like, it's harder maybe when you're, like, at the stadium because, you know, the players are, like, farther away from you. But, like, when you're watching on TV at least and they can get all the good camera angles, I just love – you just see the joy in his face. Like, Mm -hmm. he just just exudes that this is, like, the thing he loves to do, right? So, like, since he loves to do it so much and you can just feel it, it's like you're bought in. You're like, yes, let's – you know and he just he he's magnetic in that way I think especially mm-hmm. for the team um and you know getting I'm sure having all the fans there makes like a huge difference in everything and and his personality and his energy I think is just going to continue to draw people in because you like want to you want to be there to like experience that yeah That's what I think Well, I feel like he is so much of a, like a people person. So like with the fans, he's super charismatic and he's Mm -hmm. very engaged with the fan base and he's embracing Seattle as his city. And at a time, and let's just, and this is a little nod to what's happening in Seattle sports in general, Mm -hmm. right? When Russell Wilson leaves, he was our Seahawks franchise quarterback. He was the face the kind of of Seattle Mm -hmm. in walks Julio. And it's kind of like, wow, you saved the day. You walked mm-hmm. in, you're this generational talent. The Mariners haven't made the playoffs for 21 years. Yeah. There's a sense of hope that the city of yeah. Seattle needed mm-hmm. when that transition happened. And it happened at the right time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it happened I at absolutely. the right time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree.
0: Now, I kind of want to highlight um, Eugenio because in the trade when we went and got, it was actually a trade, what it felt like when people were talking about this trade happening oh, we got the all-star player, Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. And then they also added in, they added in Julio, or uh, Eugenio Suarez.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then it's interesting because Jesse Winker, although he had his moments that people really loved his personality, mm-hmm. he didn't quite show up in the way that I think people were anticipating or hoping that he would, specifically sure. with his bat. Um, But the positive vibes that Eugenio brings, it's the yeah. mixture for me of, of, of Julio and Eugenio that I really, really love that they brings a certain kind of energy and leadership to this team. Yeah. So can you kind of like speak on what were your initial thoughts when we made that trade? Were you expecting Suarez to be such an impact player for this team over like Jesse Winker or was it vice versa for you?
1: Yeah. When I first saw the trade, I was, I was excited because of Winker. Um, I honestly didn't know much about Suarez at the time. My biggest concern w- was filling in that third base fielding gap that we were losing from Seager. So I was like, uh, I'm not sure about replacing a third baseman. Haven't really heard of this guy much, but at least we got Jesse Winker. You no, know, we're adding another, we're adding two bats at least, but I knew Winker for sure that we're adding a good bat to the team. So I was like, I, I, I felt like from the beginning we had won the trade. And definitely I'm definitely adamant about that now. I believe he really did. But for for Winker, I kind of wrote it down, but it was interesting. Last season he had 24 home runs, 71 RBIs in 423 at-bats. This year it's a lot different. He's had 456 at-bats, only 14 home runs, and 53 RBIs. So when you look at, the war that's another stat that is in baseball that kind of calculates your impact to the team it was significantly low for jesse's capability this season so a lot of a lot of things people have been arguing is that haggerty's war has been a lot higher than his this season um but you know i think the nice thing about it is he still has one more year in his contract with us so it'll give him kind of that bounce back at least as far as his bat is concerned to kind of make up for this year but when you look at the trade as a whole like we have suarez too like we definitely won that one because he's been such a big impact for us yeah. with his bat fielding slugging so you kind of have to look at all of those tangibles that come with it
0: i mean and he came with a great hairstyle so like that was like <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: a bit like, oh, loved the black and white the split right, right. now like the
1: yes exactly
0: was, Go back to that. I really I like in, that. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, like from a hair perspective, that's a lot of bleaching to do on hair. That's like pretty, it's <laughs> probably pretty damaging. He probably had to take a break, but I was glad he came with that fun hair. I was like, okay, you've got personality. That's what I thought. Like, because mm-hmm, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know what things are going to be like, but I'm like, okay, at least you seem like a fun guy, you know? And totally. Totally seems like a fun guy still, so. Well, and he had, like, what, 50 home runs last season or something ridiculous? Like, Suarez came in with a whole lot of home runs, and, like, it wasn't really talked about, which was weird to me. I'm like, how did this guy fly under the radar where he had, like, that many home runs, and he was, like, atop the leaderboard, like, over the last, what, like, two years with the home runs? And Oh, yeah, of course, Aaron Judge comes up, and he had his 60-second today, so congrats, Aaron Judge, on that, but a. E- Eugenio was right up there in the last two seasons with the number of home runs he's had.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Um,
0: so that was, in, in my opinion, yes, a win. I do have a question for you as, like, an athlete. When you have a player like uh, Jesse Winker, who you have high expectations for, and, like, is it to be, like, should uh, should grace be given when there's slumps like this for this extended period of time in terms of, like, such a drastic change in a player's Performance?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, as a ball club, they'll definitely talk about because you have to go back to the numbers, right? We hear the saying, numbers don't lie all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think there's definitely grace for at least a season. I mean, some athletes just don't have the season they expected, but it's really about the response of it. Because if it happens again next year, then you really have to ask some tougher questions about the yeah, performance moving forward. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think with just this season, especially with the fielding and the at-bats just hasn't been as strong as his performance in the past. Mm. So you chalk it up as a season and move forward and see if he does better next year is what I think.
0: Okay. Makes sense. I like that. Mm-hmm. So in talking about, again, how the Mariners got here, that 14-game win streak leading into the All-Star break. Mm. If we didn't have that 14-game win streak, would we be here in this position?
1: I really don't think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a huge momentum shifter for us, especially before the All-Star break. And that was really big time to have that huge win streak because I think it was very similar to the win streak we had, I want to say 2001. I think they had a similar win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really just, I think, paid dividends for setting the tone the rest of the season because at least in the past with our Mariners teams and lineups and rosters, we, we tend to get pretty hot before the before the break, but it's after the break where we kind of just kind of tank. Yeah. But I didn't really get that vibe this year, which, which was nice to see.
0: Yeah. Well, and another part of it, too, is just, like, that momentum. And then when you win that many games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, it kind of gives you a little bit of a cushion, you feel like, as you go into the yeah. all-star break. Like, mm-hmm. if you come back a little bit rusty after a week of not, you know, playing games, that yeah. there's a little bit of an extra cushion. As long as you were already – well, and let's be honest, they kind of climbed in that 14 game one streak there um, yeah. and they got themselves in a, in a much better position, mm-hmm. even within our own division. Now the Astros felt kind of like impossible to catch this entire season. They, they did yeah. a good job as much as I really do not like the Astros. Um, I couldn't <laughs> them there at the end of this season. <laughs> it felt wrong. It felt so weird. Like texting you and saying like, Oh God, like, I hope the Astros win. Like, keep me updated. I'm on the road. I don't know what's happening. Like, please let us know what's happening with this game. And I never thought I would be like, I hope the Astros win. Yeah.
1: I I know that felt felt a little weird, but glad the Orioles lost.
0: Yes. I think it
1: was also with that all-star break, you know, just watching that and watching the home run derby, I think Mm -hmm. that kind of gave people an extra little boost of energy. Not just mm-hmm. fans, but the players, too. Like, seeing this 21-year-old kid, Julio, first season, yes. just crushing it. Like, his first round, he had – I think he had more home runs. Like, I forget who he was competing against, but he beat him by, like, 10-plus. Yeah. And so we were all like, whoa. Because, you know, you had the, the grand slam against the Rangers. He came back from his IL, and then was still hitting well crushed it at the home run derby, almost won. And you're like, okay, like we actually have a shot. Like this guy's legit.
0: Yeah. He is legit. Yeah. Um. Oh, and, yeah. and so let's talk about the national attention that that grabbed. So in all the things that are adding up to say, this is how the Mariners got there, the national attention that the Mariners have not gotten in the last 21 years, it's all been negative, right? Like they haven't been able to make yeah. it back. They haven't been able to make it back. And all of a sudden 14 games, it was like, They won 10 straight. They won 14 straight. And it was starting to gain all this national attention. Julio Rodriguez this you know, Mm -hmm. in the all-star game, in the home run derby, and look at this kid. And now I feel like the Mariners are getting a level of respect that they haven't gotten in a long time. Mm -hmm. Not only from the media nationally, you know, Major League Baseball and what's being put out there, but from fans on other teams. Mm -hmm. The moment we clinched the playoff spot, I put some videos out there and different things out in social media and some of the responses to those in the comments were like, Hey, San Francisco fan here. Like you guys deserve it. Congrats. Philly's fan here. You deserve it. Congrats. You guys have been doing great Pulling, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: All these different teams and these fans from other teams have a respect. They know I can only imagine that as fans from other fan bases are just like, that would suck to be in that position. And I'm happy for him, (laughs) which is a weird, like, it's just like, that's sad, but it's, we're getting attention. Bring that, like, bring that, like, I don't know, I guess not really underdog at this point per se, but just in terms of like how long it's been, like just bring that underdog energy and like, just everybody else just bandwagon around. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Pull them all up. We'll take you. Like, it's okay. You know, and just just celebrate it. Well, like for what we've got for while we've got it. I mean, that's what I think. I'm uh, I'm being positive about the whole situation, but I'm not okay. saying it out loud. So that's where we're at. I like that you use the word underdog because Jaden asked you a question here. Let's look forward to the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. That starts at the end of this week. You had mentioned on Twitter. Can you can you sh- can you share for the listeners who you think we're going to be playing based off of the results of just mm-hmm. this last game? Yeah. America. So
1: with with the. With the win today, because obviously the the Mariners are in a doubleheader today, um, playing Detroit. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I believe the Rays – I can't remember. I think they were playing the Red Sox today. Mm -hmm. Um, The Red Sox ended up winning. So with that, it looks like since I believe now we're two or two and a half games ahead of the Rays Mm -hmm. for second place. So with that being said, there's only two games left in the regular season for most teams, I believe, Mm -hmm. for everyone. So that means we'll probably be be heading to Toronto. Um, Toronto didn't play today. They were supposed to play the Orioles, but that game got postponed. So it's kind of set in stone at this point that we're going to Toronto and then the Rays will go to Cleveland with uh, New York Yankees and Houston having the first-round buys in the AL. So So that's what it's looking like right now.
0: How do you feel about that first matchup for the Mariners? Do you think that we're the underdogs in that situation?
1: Uh, I would say yes, because, you know, this like we've all like we all know, this is our first time here in two decades. So Mm -hmm. I think from a fan perspective, we all have to take a step back and be thankful that we're in this position because it's been so long. Um, But that doesn't mean like obviously settle for a first round exit or expect that because that's not what you want. Um, But Toronto is a good team. I was telling my friends their experience. They've got great, they got great players that can hit the ball well. Their fielding's been good. Their pitching's been good towards the second half of the season. So it's going to be a test for sure. And you guys know about the Toronto fans, so they they show out for their games. So it'll be yeah. definitely a hostile environment. The only thing I did not want to have happen was, I believe we're going to win the first round of the wild card, but unfortunately that means we're headed to Houston after, which is what I. Didn't really want to have happen, but that's that's okay. That's a
0: good point. You know who took a series over the Astros? Oh, wait, Is that the Athletics? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Athletics.
0: Athletics can do it. Granted, I don't know what the what, what situation was with yeah. the Astros. They have injuries. Were they not playing their best guys? Who yes. knows? Were they resting them at that point? But on any yeah, given right. day, anything can happen. But yes, there it's right, right. one. Hell of a matchup if they have to go up against the Astros. Yeah. But you know what? Go out there if you're the underdog. Mm-hmm. I guess one of my main concerns is, like, why are they so hot and cold offensively? What happens to our offense and oh. our in our hitting that makes them score 10, 11, 12 runs in one game and then the next game they can barely get a hit?
1: Yeah. You know, I think one thing that I'm looking at as a positive um, is this team actually does really well on the road. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that because we've seen them do really well and win a lot of big series. For example, the Yankees, the Mets, mm-hmm. those were some like big series where we were on the road, we kind of had backs against the wall with the Mets and Yankees. They had won, both teams had won the first games of the series and then we won the next two. So mm-hmm. I kind of can see that happening again with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the bats have got to be consistent. As as you guys know, I've been doing the week or the, I guess series summaries um, for the past like probably say two months now.
0: Yeah. And those have yeah. been
1: fun to do just to kind of write up what I think is going to happen and see where the game's going to go. They've been pretty spot on for the most part, I, I would say. But
0: I've been impressed. Yeah. When you share that, you know, <laughs> and you put that out there and then, you know, you, you check back in with it. I like that you always go back and you follow up to say, like, how like on was I with, with what I had predicted or what I said needed to happen. And honestly, I've been very impressed.
1: Oh, thank you. That's been fun to do.
0: Yeah. And I like that we've checked in too. We were like, Hey, who do you think are the players to watch? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm wondering, I'm like curious who he thinks. I think I should like, (laughs) i going to say the thing that he's thinking. How am I? And so when we're on the same wavelength, I'm like, okay, I feel somewhat smart cuz I know <laughs> like like I watch the games and I stay on top of it you know we we yeah. text about about the Mariners often but I feel like you really know on a deeper level than I do which is why I can reach out to you and ask questions and feel like Jaden will know
1: for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. I've I've definitely tried to stay connected this year. Mm-hmm. Um as I've told you both before kind of after I graduated college and football was done for me. It was kind of like a not a not a safe haven, I guess, but like kind of just a quiet place to like go to the baseball games and mm-hmm. sit there and not just and think about life and be social and especially during the COVID times, like that was really all that was going on was going to the mm-hmm. Mariners games. So I just got really invested and I was like, okay, baseball actually isn't that bad of a sport. So I decided to get a little more interested in into it and it, it's been fun. It's it's been a lot of fun to watch.
0: And I I grew up playing softball. I played fast pitch through, through high school. I tried out for WSU's softball team, but I injured myself during tryouts because I went too hard, which is fine. Um, sounds, sounds accurate for what I know about you. And WSU only had a club team because they didn't have like a D1 team. I assume it had, there's like, you know, Title IX issues with the number of sports and men's sports, women's right. sports scholarships and that sort of thing. But um, it gave me the... The one team I feel like I could root for for softball was UW, even though I was a Coug. I was like, you know what? They got their team and they're solid. That's
1: good to hear. I like that.
0: Um, so it was the one team I was just like, I'll, I'll throw some support that way. Um, so I grew my love for baseball, for softball and stuff because both of my parents, my dad coached baseball and my mom coached softball. And so growing up, watching the Mariners, um, seeing their successes, seeing seeing their struggles, seeing them get to this point, the emotions that just like fill you up. And it's it's really like the happiness level for for the team, for the organization, yeah. for the yeah. players. But then to mm-hmm. see the fans that have stuck through it in their so, emotions. Um, I'm such an empath man. I I could see one person crying, I'm a goner. Like it's true. Yeah. So it was just a, such a special moment. And um I guess my question for you is any last thoughts? Like what do you Give us your hot take for the playoffs.
1: Hot take. I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to lose that first game on Friday.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, first time being in the playoffs, definitely nerves are going to be there. But I think they'll bounce back. Actually, I know they will on Saturday. And then it's going to be a really fun game on Sunday, I think. Um, It's going to come down, since we seem to do this all the time, and we've had 12 walk-off wins this season. It's going to come down to something crazy like that where – someone makes a play in the field or we have a big at bat so that's what I think is going to happen with the first series and then obviously we'll have to see from there um but Friday is the most important game right it's all about the next game that's in front of in front of you I will say though it is a bummer that we lost Haggerty I don't think he'll be back Mm -hmm. for this first round
0: no with the injury
1: he had last night and that's tough because when you get to this point in the season, like having speed and having utility players is like what you need. So, mm-hmm. and he's really yeah. had a really, really yeah. good season.
0: Yeah. He was a huge impact player yeah. and his speed is really like, honestly, in some of those moments in those games where it was tied and we needed mm-hmm. somebody yeah. to steal the base and put themselves in the scoring position that that's swag- all it was. That Swaggerty. The Swaggerty. Yeah. Yep. And, and he exactly. brought it. He hundred percent brought it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he will hundred percent be missed, especially in this first series Mm-hmm. He's not going to be he, he's not going to be available, you know, and um. So, prayers that he gets an opportunity to play some playoff games yeah. because if they can win the series and and have other opportunities in the playoffs, hopefully he'll be ready to come back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
0: And he's the big
1: it. the big key for this team is obviously to continue with the success they've had in the bullpen and the fielding because we've been top three fielding, top two, I think, all season, which has been exceptional. Mm
0: -hmm. And obviously,
1: we all know about the bullpen. And Toronto, they have some, as we've mentioned, they've got some guys that can hit the ball. So that's going to be important, especially on the road, being locked in on your assignments, being locked in on defense, locked in on the pitching. Mm -hmm. And if they can early, they can get on base early, you know, from like, Innings one through three, like we can actually get on base mm-hmm. and get strikeouts early, I think it'll be a successful series. But
0: who do you if think get start- up there? What's that? Who do you think starting on Friday? Pitching? I think Castillo will. Castillo. It'll be
1: Castillo. And I think it will be Ray at two. Um, some people on Twitter have had some thoughts as to, uh, should we play Ray? I'm not sure, but. When you pay a guy like that and then get him in free agency and he's a veteran, you have to play him. It, yeah. it just wouldn't go over well if you didn't. So, I can see that being uh, Castillo, Ray, and then it's between Gilbert or Kirby. So both are great options. But
0: Do you I think I think
1: they'll go with Gilbert?
0: You think that they're gonna? Do you think that they put Kirby in there for Game Three?
1: I could see him maybe being like a reliever at some point yeah. throughout the series, but. I just don't think that they're going to start the rookie over Logan like that. I think that would kind of, <laughs> that'd be kind of crazy for Logan to kind of sit there and be like, "Why am I not starting? I've been here longer." So mm-hmm. we'll see. Both of had really great seasons. Kirby's been phenomenal.
0: Mm-hmm. His
1: strikeout rate to batters walk has been insane, especially for a rookie. So
0: it's, well, it's a was- good
1: it's a good situation to be in.
0: Yeah, it is a good situation to be in, yeah. but you have to take it into account when you're in these positions. You have to put your best players out there in the best mm-hmm. matchups possible. So taking all those things into account when you're making those calls and even creating the lineups that have to go against um, yeah. opposing pitchings, you know, those that all comes into play. So I'm really excited to watch the playoffs unfold. Yeah. I yeah. know we're going to be texting each other like crazy <laughs> over the next week. Um there's going to be a lot to be shared. So, Jaden, we just want to thank you for joining us tonight for talking about the Seattle nice, Mariners monumental moment huge. for, you know, ending that playoff drought. 21 years, mm-hmm. here we are heading to the playoffs and it's about to go down.
1: It's gonna be fun. I can't <laughs> gonna, wait.
0: Thanks for joining us, Jaden.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Moving on to the Kraken. The Kraken started the preseason with a record of four and zero. Their final preseason game will take place this Friday, October 7th at 6 p.m. against the Oilers. Um, Their first regular season game is scheduled for Wednesday, October 12th at 7 p.m. against the Anaheim Ducks. And the Kraken will host their first regular season home game, on Saturday, October 15th, against the Vegas Knights. We're looking forward to attending that game. We've got our tickets. We hope we will see you all there as well. Yes, and so it's going to be a very short and brief kind of note on the seattle sounders as many of us know Mm -hmm. their playoff hopes have come to an end Mm -hmm. and you know we just want to say they do have a final regular season game this sunday october 9th against san jose at 2 Mm p.m still show up for you know actually i don't know if it's even a home game or not so you know what cheer them on they had one hell of a season with they won Concacaf. They won Concacaf, and then there was injuries, and yep. the schedules were all thrown off. Oh, and not yeah. to give them all the excuses in the world, but at least they have Concacaf under their belt for 2022. That's true. That's true. Well, keeping it with soccer, well, it's just kick it on over to the OL rain and the OL rain have won the NWSL shield. Now this is an award that goes to the NWSL team with the best regular season record in the league. They had already scored a semifinal playoff match that will take place on October 23rd at 4 30 PM at Lumen field. So, They're in the playoffs already, but they also ended the season with the best record, which is pretty cool. Their opponent for that match on the 23rd is yet to be determined, but they'll either be playing the Houston Dash or the Kansas City Current. So the top six of the 12 NWSL teams will earn a playoff spot. And so those six teams this season are the OL Reign, the Portland Thorns, the San Diego Wave, Houston Dash... Kansas City Current, and the Chicago Red Stars. You can purchase your tickets for the semifinal match to support the OL Reign at home right now. Those tickets are out now. Go have some nice October soccer. Yeah, and they're very affordable tickets. so They really are. Don't pass up going to support the OL Reign. They've been having record numbers of fans showing up. So way to go and support women's sports. We love to hear it. Absolutely. Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks this week, we will not be having the Hawkeye analysis because we wanted to give the most time to talking about the Seattle Mariners mm-hmm. and them and them ending that playoff drought. So we wanted to just dedicate that time. Yep. We heard you, our listeners, that that's what you wanted to hear about. That's what you wanted us to talk about. Absolutely. So here is the Seattle Seahawks in the Showdown Lowdown segment. They did come out with a win over the Detroit Lions. They did. And no one thought they were going to. 48 to 45. Mm-hmm. It was a very close game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time there's been such a high scoring game that I felt this nervous about. Yeah. That's we should point. not have had to have been nervous when our offense, well, and let's be honest, seven of those points or six of those points was a pick six by Tariq Woolen. What up, Tariq? But Wollin? when our offense scores that many points mm-hmm. and. So I want to give a couple accolades. Gino won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Heck yeah. Congrats to Gino Smith. Gosh, yeah. how great is that? He won one of those. He was acknowledged for that before. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, yep. our former quarterback, he yep. comes in, he was a backup to him, and he earned um, this award this week because he had a completion percentage of 76.7%. It's crazy. Two passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. 132.2 passer rating, 49 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. That's awesome. Let's go, Gino. Let's You've go. been consistent. Let's go. The completion completion percentages is the highest to start in NFL first four games mm-hmm. in, in NFL history. Yeah. Let's go. In NFL history. Like, let that sink in for just a second. So, yeah. I'm sold. I love it. Team Gino. Rashad Penny was named the FedEx Gram NFL Player of the Week this week as well with 151 yards and two touchdowns. And this is a really cool thing I want to highlight as somebody that works as a college prep advisor and supporting students Mm -hmm. that per Greg Bell, this means that a $2,000 donation in Rashad Penny's name will go to a historically black college or university. So an HBCU for a needs-based scholarship to a deserving HBCU student. That's really cool. So that was really cool. And I saw that it means a lot to me with knowing kind of the struggles for the students that I work with and mm-hmm. access to funds and making school and, and college affordable. Yeah. Um. So congrats to Rashad Penny. Yeah. The FedEx ground NFL player of the week. He must have really delivered. Yes, he did. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. The offense looked dominant this week. There's really nothing negative that I have to say about how well they did. Mm hmm. The offensive line has held up. The tackles have been looking really good, and that's great for the Seahawks because our tackles are rookies. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lucas has been, you know, excellent, and he was a third-round draft pick out of Washington State University. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. And Charles Cross has has lived up, I think, to that number nine first-round overall pick. Mm, yeah the status that yep. we needed him to be. Yep. So c- shout out to the offense, the tight ends who have been a consistent target for Gino to make those touchdowns happen. Mm-hmm. Will Disley leading the team with touchdowns. Uncle this. this would not have happened if there wasn't kind of a change of the winds in the offense and, and Gino under center. So mm-hmm. it just looks different. It feels different. Yeah. And then there's the defense. Well, they're going to work on the defense though. The defense is going to, is going to come along. I c- I just, I can feel it. I think they need to make some acquisi- acquisitions mm-hmm. through free agency or trades to really bolster the defense. And, you know, Tariq Woolen did have his second interception in two weeks and That's he's right. one of our rookies. He's yep. starting out there on the right side mm-hmm. and he had his first pick six. So congrats to Tariq Woolen. So cool. And, you know, everybody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is going to work on it. <laughs> Okay. Work on That's it. what it is. Everybody else is going to work on it. They're going to improve and get better. And it's going to be it's going to be better. It's going to be better. All right. So the Seahawks will be playing the New Orleans Saints on Sunday at 10 a.m. And just for those of you who are wanting to look ahead and kind of know what we're going to be matched up against Saints quarterback, Jameis Winston yeah. did not practice this Wednesday. And he also did not practice all last week and he did not play in the London game that the Saints played. Yeah. And um due to back and ankle injuries. So the Saints could be looking to start backup quarterback Andy Dalton again this week. Mm. And the Saints are one and three overall, which is their worst start since 2015. We miss you, Drew Brees. I loved Drew Drew I've, Brees. I know. Sean Payton and I... Drew Brees. I just love that pair. The Saints yeah. were a great team. Yeah, and I think they're trying. I think they're struggling to. They're trying to find figure it. out. They're trying to find it. Who they are, mm-hmm. but anyway. So Seattle will be traveling to New Orleans this weekend. Nice. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Well, it was an amazing PW yeah. showdown episode. It was different, but sometimes different is okay. Different is okay. We appreciate our. Consistent listeners who have been here since the beginning, we appreciate everyone who has started to listen at different points yeah. in time to the podcast who has shared it out. So it's so appreciated. And so appreciated. Kate, where can they find us? Um, well, uh, Michaela, thanks for thanks for asking. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also TikTok at PNW Showdown on all those platforms. Um, please come give a follow. Like some stuff, watch some things, comment on stuff, whatever you want to do. We like interacting with people. So, um, so that really helps us out with, with getting to know who's out there and who's listening and who's following and that kind of thing. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's where we are. It is where we are all right we do just want to remind you to always take care of your heart and mind above all else she got it right i got it right this time i she maybe did you practice no i i just read it off the script so i wouldn't mess it up hey that works too that works too (laughs) all right always remember to take care of your heart and mind first above all else until next time Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. Hey, Kate. Hey, Michaela. What's up? Why don't pirates take a bath before they walk the plank? Why don't they take a bath before they walk the plank? Yeah. Um, I mean, it does seem sort of like weird that they would, that they would do that. Um, I honestly have no idea. Something with an R I'm imagining. No, they just wash up on shore. Oh, if they make it to shore, how far out are you going when you're walking the plank? You know, I mean that's a good. I mean, eventually they would wash up somewhere, right? That's a good. Maybe, point. maybe. Mm, mm. There's, there's, <laughs> there's There's some, stuff, yeah, there's some sharks out too. there. Anyway, um, let's see. I'm gonna go with a knock knock joke today. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, knock knock. Who's there? Alabama. Alabama. Who? Oh, you know what? That joke requires like an extra different answer. So that's not going to work. <laughs> Just that response made me laugh. I mean, it was supposed to say, it was somehow the person, somehow the person is supposed to know to say anybody with you. But why would they know how to say that in a knock knock joke? Which is that's not what you do. Okay, let's try that one. So knock knock, who's there? You said Alabama. Alabama. And then and I'm supposed to say to, what? You're supposed to say anybody with you anybody with you yeah like i don't know okay um take two okay knock knock who's there alabama alabama who that's literally not what you just practiced saying remember how you're (laughs) supposed to say oh i thought you were gonna tell a different joke no i thought you said we were supposed to redo like we were supposed to try that again like you were going to try to say it and then i was going to be able to give you the answer well what's the answer anyways well Okay, but I need you to say anybody with you. Okay, let me try to remember. Okay, Are we starting over? Yeah. Okay, You're and you're going to say it. I'm going to try to remember. Okay, knock knock. Who's there? Alabama. Anybody with you? Nope, I'm Alabama self. How would you know to respond you with that? You wouldn't know. It doesn't, I don't know. This is what happens when you randomly look at a joke and you don't prepare one in advance. So, sorry to the listeners for that tragedy of a joke, but do you have another one? I mean, it was also Alabama. So anyway, um, do I have another one? Okay. I'll I'll do a knock knock joke that maybe makes sense. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Nobel. Nobel who? Nobel. So I just knocked. Her face says it all. She thought that was fun. That was it. That was the <laughs> ultimate dad joke. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I should have done that one first, but it was covered up by this Eminem's ad. So anyway, I missed it. <laughs> all right well thank you for staying and listening to our marvel moment and our awful dad jokes and sometimes the ones that just go completely wrong i'll have more preparation next time folks i'm sorry to disappoint (laughs) have a great day